Hey, architecture firm owners and emerging leaders, get ready for unparalleled insight into the development of a world-class architecture firm and a worldwide organization driving the digital transformation of the design and construction industry with Build Smart, the podcast that's changing how our profession operates. We share the incredible stories behind innovation in the building industry with my friend and co-host, Patrick McLaney, FAIA, former CEO of the international architecture firm, HOK. You know, Yamasaki's office or firm lasted during his lifetime. And when he passed away, I think that was the end of the Yamasaki office. Helmut did not want that. He wanted a firm that would live out and grow beyond the founders. In season one, discover the untold stories behind HOK's meteoric rise, from 150 employees in St. Louis to a powerhouse with over 1,900 staff members and 27 offices worldwide. You know, they weren't as polite as the Kojima people. That was just boom. And anytime you have a creditor, whether it's Kojima or the bank, that wants their money, unless you can raise money someplace else, you are out of business. Bankrupt. Bankrupt. And hold on tight for season two, where Patrick takes us on a new adventure as chairman of Building Smart International, shaping the future of digital transformation in the design, construction, and operation of built assets. Ian Howell, Ken Harold, and I, Ken was my technical representative from HOK. The three of us took a tour of Europe of five cities in five days. Very busy time. Simply follow the link in the show notes to subscribe to Build Smart Now and uncover lessons that will transform you and your architecture firm. One of the greatest benefits you receive from being an active member here at the Entree Architect community is that we keep you focused on the things that matter most. We know you're busy because we're small firm architects too. Back at the beginning of the year, during the first trimester of 2019, we taught you all about financial management and showed you the path to profitability at the Entree Architect Profit Workshop. And we just wrapped up our second trimester where we taught you all about branding and marketing through storytelling at the Build Your Brand Workshop. Well, here we are at the final trimester of the year. Yes, I can't believe we're here already, the final trimester of the year. You have your financial management in order and you have your brand story in place, well, now during these final months of the year, it's time to focus on process. During this final trimester of the year here at Entree Architect, we will be focusing on planning and productivity. What needs to happen for you to make 2020 your best year ever? And how specifically will you execute and get it all done? We know you're busy. So to kick off trimester three, and to help you get focused on what needs to be done now during these final months of the year, I'll be hosting a free webinar on planning. I will share a step-by-step process for developing a simple-to-follow plan for success and prepare you for the next year. Success doesn't just happen all by itself. It takes planning, it takes action, and it takes consistent discipline. And I will show you how to make that happen in 2020 at your small firm. Register now for the Planning for Small Firm Architects webinar at entrearchitect.com slash free webinar. That's entrearchitect.com slash free webinar. Let's get this done so you can have the best year ever in 2020. My name is Mark Arlapage, and you are listening to Entree Architect Podcast.
where each week I speak with inspiring, passionate people who share their knowledge and expertise, all to help you build a better business as a small firm entrepreneur architect. This is episode 287, and this week, we're focused on time. And you should be too. At this episode of Entree Architect Podcast, a time-tracking strategy for small firm architects with CPA Jerry Anderson. This episode of Entree Architect Podcast is supported by our platform sponsors, RCAT, the online resource delivering quality building material information, CAD details, BIM specifications, and so much more at RCAT.com, FreshBooks, the cloud-based accounting software that makes running your small firm easy, fast, and secure, spend less time on accounting, and more time doing the work you love. And Gusto, easy online payroll, benefits, and HR built for the modern small business. Jerry Anderson, welcome to Entree Architect Podcast. Thank you, Mark. It's great to have you here. I, uh, I can't wait to have this conversation. Uh, you have, you've been in the Entree Architect membership, contributing there occasionally with some of our mastermind groups have been uh, uh, sharing tons of valuable information. And so I can't wait for you to share some of that knowledge here today at Entree Architect Podcast. Before we get into that, I want to in introduce you, talk a little bit about who you are. As a management scientist, uh, a CPA, and an entrepreneur, Jerry has over 30 years of experience both in the public and private sector with various companies including UPS, Dell, Ryder, GM, and Walmart, just to name a few. Uh, during the last 14 years, he's started and grown his own practice. His passion is helping us, small and mid-sized architecture, engineering, and construction firms, optimize their back office operations and improve their profitability through process automation. I love that word, automation, process automation, technology integration, and best practices. So he's an ally to Entree Architect. Uh, he has clients all across the United States and Canada and is always researching and finding new ways to help firms and their owners realize their goals and dreams. So Jerry, you've done a great job sharing your knowledge with some of the profit groups inside the masterminds. Um, I can't wait to have a conversation uh, about some financial things here and how we can get moving forward. Before we get into that though, I wanna know more about you. I wanted to, to learn your origin story. So go back to where you discovered your passion for what you're doing today and share that story to where you are today. Sure, uh, thank you, Mark. So I think probably the passion, uh, the time I found my passion was way back in 2002, when after working in uh, corporate America for uh, 14 years, I just got tired of um, the hierarchies, the politics, uh, the demands, the travel. And I said, you know what, I, I really want to, I love giving advice internally in all these companies and I had a pretty good, um, uh, reputation within uh, Dell and the other companies I worked at. But um, in 2002 was really when I signed on with a small consulting firm um, called TKMC and they started training me in all things consulting in terms of how to be a trusted advisor. And then since then, um, I kept on growing and expanding and learning from those partners who used to be with Ernst & Young for a number of years before they branched out and started their own firm, which was TKMC. And then in 2004, uh, 
after Christmas, I decided to launch my own because um, I wanted to really focus on process improvement for the small mid market, like architects and engineers from, you know, two to $300,000 in revenue up to 10 million bucks, because uh, those firms um, need the same systems and the same processes and the same methodologies that the big multinationals have perfected, but they need to put it, get it at a price point that they can afford um, and leverage because, um, the cost of doing a running your back office is not a value add to the client and, uh, on a day-to-day basis. They just expect it to be a good back office. Right. Well, so that's how I, I got my passion. And, and very often it's not, right? You know, mm-hmm. our community of architects, we, we became architects because we wanted to design architecture. And mm-hmm. many of us become surprised when we realize we have to run a business in order to do that. And so uh, you, you, you and your services are very needed in our profession. So thank you for, for serving our community. Oh, well, thank you. It's, it's, uh, I love the creativity of all architects. And it just, it just pains me when I see um, the frustrations they have with the accounting, the filings, um, sort of the paperwork. And it pulls them away from their passion of designing incredibly creative and beautiful uh, solutions for clients that give them, um, you know, the clients are static. Like some of the architects we work for, if we see their work and we see the glowing praise that their clients give them because it's changes their life. Like architects change the world literally. Um, but they get frustrated when their back office doesn't perform and it affects their creativity. I think. Yeah. A hundred percent. I totally agree with you. That's, that's one of the, 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 the mantras I have, throughout the platform, and I actually say it at the end of every, uh, at the end of every podcast, is that you have to build a better business in order to be a better architect. And that sounds a little kitschy and you know, frilly, but that's the truth. If you, don't, if you don't build a business that supports your creativity, you can't be as creative as you want to be. That's correct. You're absolutely right, Mark. Is, um, you've got to, and the good thing about today is the technology is so incredibly good, is building the back office is a minor cost. Um, that you just need to invest in, uh, in order for you can then focus on your passion, which is architecture and, and serving clients. So it's in the last 10 to 15, 10 years, uh, especially with the rise of the cloud and, and those items, there's a lot of tools out there for architects to use to really build their business. So then they can focus on their passion. How did you choose architects? I mean, you know, what, 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 um, inspired you to come find us? Um, well, originally we, um, as an accounting firm and a consulting firm, we had trouble tracking our time. And so I searched up and down. And in 2007, I found a little program um, called Bill Quick, which also had Archie Office. And I said, okay, let me start using this. And then we've been using Bill Quick and all their tools um, ever since 2007. And we've seen every iteration from desktop now to their cloud solutions. But we really started to learn because Bill Quick, we they'd phone us up as a small CPA and advisory firm and say, Hey, can you help this client out because they have a problem with their accounting? And I'm like, sure. Okay. So we'd log in uh, using uh, log me in or team viewer. We'd fix all their problems. And then the client would be like, wow, thank you for getting bill quick and QuickBooks all working. Um, can you keep on doing it for me? And then after time, we just had more architects and engineers, uh, the same problems appeared in their back office where, um, they had a lot of paperwork. They had to track their costs. They had to make sure that they were billing um, 
their time or their for their services and making sure it was they're making money at a at a rate that you know creates wealth for them and a good retirement at the end of it yeah and and allows us to to continue doing what we want to do um mm-hmm. so you've sort of you've you've you have experience with with architects and how how we work um it's sort of uh, many of us we don't want to be business people but we know we have to be the, this community entre architect we are entrepreneurs. We understand that we need to do it, so we are doing it. Some of us have discovered that we actually like it because if you look at it from a design this, uh, problem that you need to solve, then it sort of becomes a much easier thing. If you look at it sort of as a game and the money is just part of the game, that's a good way to sort of uh, shift your mindset, you know, to be more focused on it so you can be more successful. Um, if, and, and financial management is a, is a really big topic, right? We, we don't mm-hmm. want to cover the entire topic of financial management. We'd be here for the next month. Um, and we can have you come back to, to share some of those other things. But if there was one thing that we can talk about in the next half hour that potentially could change the way architects are practicing architecture and be more successful at it, what would you suggest that architects should focus on right now, today, after they listen to this episode? The number one thing, Mark, is tracking time. Um, over working with uh, professional service firms, the architects, the engineers, the construction firms, um, the number one thing that you have to really focus on um, for, for the back office, but also for building a business, is tracking your time. You can get more money, you can get more services, but you everyone loses time as they go forward because they can't get it back. So the one piece of advice I always first start out with is you must start tracking your time and understanding where you're spending it. What, what if, and this is, I'm, I'm going to ask a bunch of questions here that I've heard other architects ask. And so I want to make sure that we get those out there so, so you can respond to them. But, but I, I've heard architects who are sole practitioners and a very large, maybe even a majority of the listeners who are listening are sole practitioners. Um, some of them say, well, I don't need to track time because it's just me. So what do you say to the sole practitioner who doesn't want to spend the time tracking their time? Um, you're, you're leaving a lot on the table in terms of uh, maximizing um, what you can get out of your time. Like if uh, quite often we see when we start doing these time analysis, and I learned this when I was working for EPS and in industrial engineering, is that when you start analyzing the blocks of time, you're finding where you're spending um, your hours and whether or not it's doing a lot of value add, i.e., your passion, or a lot of what I call busy work or paperwork that is not acting, adding value or building your business. And just those two buckets of saying, is it, you know, the hours that you spend, is it value added or, or non-value added is the first simple question you need to ask every day is saying, okay, the amount of time I spent today, was it working on building the business and, and adding value, or was it just a cost or a you know, busyness to be just to keep the lights on. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And and you referenced uh, a time analysis. Is that a specific exercise that that listeners could actually go through to sort of discover yeah. how they're spending their time? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. It's it simply is um, to even start is um, I usually say start off with just classifying blocks of time, either hours or mornings or afternoons, or over how you want to tackle the chunks. Um, and then just taking a calendar or, and you know, I use Excel quite a bit, but simply identifying 
where they're spending their time, those every, every day, are they spending, um, on creativity? Are they spending on generating new business through clients or proposals? Are they actually doing the work and, and completing the value add of what they got um, hired for? Or are they doing, like I say, the paperwork, the, the filing of the you know state taxes or the local taxes, um, filing of their um, you know paperwork for payroll, for paying suppliers, paying subcontractors. Um, just understanding where they're spending the blocks of time very first on a, on a regular basis will allow them to really um, get some knowledge of, you know, what they're spending the equivalent of their money on. So is that sort of an intensive time tracking process that, that you would go through like for a, a few days to sort of see specifically every hour where that hour is going? Yeah, usually um, we like a minimum you want to do five days. Ideally, you'd want to do two or three weeks. So you would start on a Monday, you would finish on a Friday, make sure you document your blocks of time based on, you know, the two or three buckets you want to set up, you know, and those can be easily defined with your coach, your advisor, or Mark, you have some good um, materials on where you want people need to invest their time on Um, and then just break it up. And then over the next, those two weeks, just say, okay, of those hourly or, or, or read, you know, morning, afternoon, uh, time slots, where do they spend in those three buckets? And that's it. And it should be no more than maybe a five minute exercise every day, maybe 20 minutes at the end of every week tops. And then they got some data. They can start understanding what's going on in their practice. Yeah, I, I that did that. Sense? Yeah, absolutely. I, I did that a few about a, maybe a couple of years ago, two years ago. Um, and I actually I think I published on it either through the podcast or on the blog. <coughs> Excuse me. The um, and I, it was it was so eye opening. It shifted my mindset because and I did it for the entire day from from wake to sleep. So I woke up and I tracked my time all day long, all the way until I went back to bed that night. And I did it for uh, for a week. And for seven days, and it was amazing how much time I was wasting, right? Because when you're tracking every minute of your day, you you have to be honest with yourself. You have to look at what you're actually doing, um, and and being someone who has a very integrated life with my family and my firm, you know, they 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 mesh constantly. They're overlapping throughout the day intentionally and 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 strategically. Um, that that those hours are critical, and the and the minutes are critical. And when you add up all the time that, that you wasted on things that really don't matter, that are not value added to your life, whether it's business or your life, um, it really opens your eyes and realize, it makes you realize that you really need to focus on what you're doing and when you're doing it. And, and by tracking your time, it gives you the data to look back to see how you're doing and allows you to plan for the future. And so uh, I, I wanted to bring that up because I think that – in order to get to where we want to go with tracking time, there's a mindset shift that we need to make that, that it's important. Even if you're a sole practitioner, even if you're not working hourly, because that's another response that I get mm-hmm. from architects. Well, I don't work hourly. Why do I need to track my time? I just get the job done and I bill for it and I get paid and you know, I'm profitable. But how do you really know whether you're profitable, right? Because we mm-hmm. sell time. I mean, Steve Wintner has, has said this over and over again on the podcast, in the, in the membership. Steve's very active in the membership. Um, he's, he's done profit workshops with me. It's all about the time. Everything mm-hmm. we do 
every dollar we spend, every dollar we, we earn is based on time. Whether you're billing it out as an hourly fee or not, it's all based on your time. And so this idea that, that Jerry's presenting, that time is the number one most important thing you should be doing is tracking your time is really important. So I, I'm hoping that you're hearing me, <laughs> I'm, you with the earbuds in your ears, that you're hearing me, that this is important. This is something that you should be spending time on. Uh, and it doesn't take a lot of time, right, Jerry? It, it doesn't take no, a lot of time. No, no, no. So can you... I, I, go ahead. Go ahead. Well, I was going to say Steve Wintner we worked with, and he's an awesome. He's got wisdom that blows me away. And we've just worked on a little bit on terms of getting his system implemented and the reporting done. And um, once we captured all the data and gave it to him, um, and I think he was on a couple of your shows, um, Mark, is and even in a mastermind group, is um, how he kind of interpreted that time and provided incredible advice was amazing just on you know a, a week worth or two weeks of data yeah and i think he's you're bang on is time is actually the most other than you know building creative solutions is time is actually what you're selling yeah uh, as an architect yeah and, and that and that takes a mindset because a lot of us think that we're selling ideas or that we're selling you know, uh, drawings, or we're selling, or we're selling solutions. Yes, we're doing all that. But if you go one step further, what what is behind all of those ideas and solutions? It's the time mm -hmm. that it takes to do that. And so, by tracking the time and understanding the cost of each one of those hours, um, you can determine what what how how to build a financial management system, and you can oh, yeah. actually be a profitable firm. Oh, extremely profitable. Um, like the stats are, you know, if you run a really profitable firm, especially as this whole practitioner, you take 35 to 45% bottom line into your pocket before tax. And if you got a good CPA tax planner, you can take all of it if you, if you structure it right. But um, you've got to make sure you understand where you're, because time is money, as, as the old adage says. And a simple example is everyone has 160 hours every week to invest, of which a third of that will go to sleep. So measly, you're you're eliminating um, 56 hours for sleep, and then you've probably got a knockoff of I'd say another 50 um, for personal family, like you do, and you you probably see that personally, Mark. So you lost 106 hours already of 160 hours. So you got to get basically all your work done. And everything you have to do within a, sole, in a small practice within 62 hours. Yeah. And so if you got 62 hours, just like a budget, you're going to say, where do I want to spend my time that's going to maximize um, what I value most within my practice? And it's it's a first start. And, and I'm sure, like, what were the buckets that you kind of used to classify when you did your seven-day exercise, Mark? Well, when I did it, I didn't do it in buckets. I, I literally tracked every every minute, you know. And so if if I, I walked around with a pad, and every time I shifted, and it was really <laughs> intensive. It was difficult to do when I did it, um, because I, I literally noted, okay, I'm shifting from this task to, to this task, and uh, and I wrote down what I did and how I did it, and then uh, or how much how long how long it took. And I just made sure that every minute of my day was accounted. It's probably not the most efficient way to do it, um, but I wanted to make sure, well, the, the idea was to see what I was doing on a 24-hour basis, you know, uh, and, and to understand where, those, where that time goes.
We'll be right back to our conversation after this quick break to say thank you to our platform sponsors here at Entree Architect, RCAT, FreshBooks, and Gusto. If you work with specifications in your firm, you probably have come across outdated manufacturer specifications with confusing notes, products that no longer exist, or maybe even companies that no longer exist. Maybe you even pay for those specifications. Stop, stop the madness. There's a better way to find our manufacturer specifications for your project documentation. It's our friends at RCAT, RCAT.com. RCAT is the number one most used website for finding building product information and it has a free library of over 1,400 up-to-date accurate specifications. RCAT's specs are written by professionals based on manufacturer data. Use RCAT's powerful search engine to find the right specifications for your project and quickly download them into multiple formats for free. Google, Google can't do that. You don't even have to register at RCAT. Just go over to RCAT.com, that's A-R-C-A-T.com, and start building better content today. Do you remember when you started your firm? It was no small feat. It wasn't easy. It took a lot of late nights, early mornings, and maybe even the occasional all-nighter. Bottom line, you've been insanely busy ever since. So why not make things a little bit easier? Well, our friends at FreshBooks have the solution. FreshBooks invoicing and accounting software is designed specifically for small business owners like us. It's simple, it's intuitive, and it keeps you way more organized than the dusty shoebox filled with crumpled receipts. Create and send professional-looking invoices in 30 seconds, and then get them paid two times faster with automated online payments. That's my favorite part of FreshBooks. File expenses even quicker and keep them perfectly organized for tax time. The best part? FreshBooks grows alongside your business, so you'll always have the tools that you need when you need them without ever having to learn the ins and outs of accounting. Join the 24 million people who've used FreshBooks. Try it for free for 30 days. It's free. No catch, no credit card. It's free for 30 days. Go check it out at entrearchitect.com slash FreshBooks. That's entrearchitect.com slash FreshBooks. And when you're there, let them know that we sent you Entree Architect. Pop that into the how did you hear about us section and let, us, let them know that Entree Architect sent you. Payroll and benefits are hard, especially when you're a small business. You don't have time to be an expert in things like taxes and regulations. And old school payroll providers, they just aren't built for the way that we work as small firm architects. Gusto is making payroll, benefits, and HR easy for small businesses. Modern technology does the heavy lifting, so it's easy for us to get it right. You no longer have to be a big company to get great technology, great benefits, and a great service for your team. And to help support the Entree Architect podcast, Gusto is offering our listeners an exclusive, limited-time deal. Sign up today, and you'll get three months free once you run your first payroll. Just go to entrearchitect.com slash gusto and claim your free three months of payroll processing for free three months at entrearchitect.com slash gusto. RCAT, FreshBooks, and Gusto. Please visit our platform sponsors today and thank them. Thank them for supporting you, the Entree Architect community. 
if somebody wanted to start putting together time, so you're saying the time is the most important mm -hmm. thing, and I don't have a lot of time to track my time, <laughs> right? Mm -hmm. And so, so how does one uh, start? How does one sort of structure this so I can I can start building a routine and habits of tracking this time? How how what's the best way to do this? Um, the best way is um, there's a number of free time trackers uh, that you can use, or even the phones have um, stopwatches, and you can start and stop and record it of how much you're spending on different activities. Um, or when you're working, depends on whether or not you're more paper-based or you're more um, digitally based. Yeah, so paper-based, basically, you would just, um, just like you do, is you'd look at your watch, and you would then record, okay, where am I going from task to task? From the I'd probably recommend from the time you start working in your office till the time you close it down for the day. And you could do it between client and admin and just say, okay, I've spent 15 minutes on this project or an hour or two hours and just record it and just on a paper base. On a digital system, there's a number of ones you just put in your calendar, work your calendar and just put in, okay, from this on my Outlook or Google Calendar, for the day, I put in blocks of times, like little event schedules and say, okay, I've did it from here to here, here to here on these different items. And once you get that calendar uh, built for five or seven days, that's the data you can then start analyzing. So um, does that make sense? So so you use a calendar and you track your time as you are spending that time on, on the calendar? So you're going back and, and putting in items for the time that you've spent on your calendar? Yeah, you could, or you literally just drag, um, you know, sort of scheduling a time between this is when I started and this is when I finished and you block off that time in the calendar. So say you get into the office at say 8.30 or 9 in the first hour, you're going through emails, admin stuff, things like that. So on the calendar, you would say, okay, create a, an appointment or a, a, an event for one hour saying, look, admin time. Uh, if you want to get more complex, you could also color code it saying, okay, that's you know, blue versus red, and then you just keep on filling out. So when you look at your calendar every day on a daily basis and on a weekly basis, you should have all the blocks of time. Okay. The one good thing about that piece is if you do have client meetings, your time's already filled in with those client meetings. So you're just filling in around the appointments you've already scheduled in your practice of where you, what else is, you know, using that time. And you want, and you want to do this um, after you've spent the time? But I guess it's a little bit of both, right? So some of it yeah. is planned time, and some of it is you know time that you're you're uh, that you're spending and you're documenting it. Yeah. Either way, you want to do it at the end of the day. Like I, I have the same problem. I get so busy and wrapped up with work um, that at the end of the day, I'm like, wow, I've got to I got to dock at my time. I got to record where it is because otherwise, a my um, accounting manager will say, look, we got a bill for time and where's all your timesheets as well as my couple of my technicians. But also, uh, it allows me to reflect whether or not I'm, um, staying with what I call the true North metrics or the key metrics that you guys talk regularly about Mark on, are you focused on these items in your practice regularly? And just having that end of day reflection allows them to say, okay, based on what Mark has told me through all the courses, am I focusing on these areas uh, consistently? Does that make sense? Yes, yes. And so so once you've documented the time on your calendar, are you pulling that now and putting it on a timesheet? So, so you, because how do you use that data once it's on a calendar? Uh, so literally, yeah, you would put it into, say, a, you would add up the time based on the classifications you have, 
and say for the week, uh, and you can do a Monday through Friday spent, I spend two hours on this, an hour on this, an hour on that, and then sum it all up. Um, or you could do it based on an entire block at a time and say, look, this is what we've got to do. Uh, this is where I have a summary for where I spent all the hours of the week. But once you get that data and you summarize, um, you capture all the time you spent on working in your practice, then you take that data and you sit down with your coach or you analyze it and say, um, okay, this is what I did. Um, it'll give you that epiphany of saying where you're spending it. And then you can start developing a plan saying, okay, how do I get rid of that non-value added time? And how do I spend on like business development? Like, you know, taking your marketing um, advice and some of your tools that you have on the site to say, making sure I'm spending on the, the, the items that are going to make me money and make it a long-term investment as opposed to busyness. Like I, when I first started and I was <laughs> tracking my time on a regular basis, I was amazed how much I spent on, you know, having a coffee, taking a call from a friend, um, going for lunch, checking email, checking Facebook, yeah. <laughs> social media. And then all of a sudden I realized, wow, I need to really figure out times when I, I, tackle those areas. And then when I block in times of actual deep work, um, because in today's world with everything going on, you're still going to have to, you're going to learn where through this exercise, when you're the most productive, when you're the most creative, and you also understand the exact, uh, periods when you also want to schedule time with your clients, because, um, some people might say, look, I'm an afternoon person or an evening person. So I just want to go visit clients in the morning, talk to them because it's, it allows me to keep the interaction. And then I can go back and focus on doing the deep work of um, delivering what they've asked for. Others might say, look, by 12, I get up early by 12 noon, I'm dead. So, you know, from noon until three o'clock, I'm just going to go talk to clients or do the stuff that is um, not strenuous. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I think that once you go through this exercise of, of tracking the, 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 or analyzing what you've been, what you're doing on a regular basis, um, then you can use that information to, to, uh, focus on the things that you want to get accomplished, right. On a, on a daily and weekly basis. Um, and then it will allow you to go back to your calendar and block out times and be more proactive and more intentional about what you're going to be doing during the week, which is, People ask me all the time, how do you get everything done that you do, right? Because I'm running a firm. I'm, 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 now I'm renovating a house. I'm, I'm running Entree Architect. Um, in addition to you know growing a team, that's one piece of it, but also very intentionally blocking out days and times during those days to do specific tasks and being very consistent with that. And so you know, I have you know, Mondays are my, is my planning day. I don't have any meetings on Monday. I try not to have you know any any sort of uh, outside uh, in, in, in interference, and I focus Monday on planning out the rest of my week. Um, it also gives me sort of a transition between the weekend and the work work week by doing it on Monday, and so it allows me to sort of gradually roll back into the week. Um, and then Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, I have specific days that I'm focused on architecture, and specific days I'm focused on Entree Architect, and. That has happened over time by understanding what, what needs to get done, how much time things take to get done, um, and then literally blocking them out on my calendar. Uh, so I know that this day I'm focused on this task uh, and I keep moving forward. Yeah, and bang on because you, 
through that time study is you've learned where uh, your high energy and your low energy is, but also uh, making sure that you um, figure where how you 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 set up yourself for success during the week. And some people might, as after they go through this exercise, saying, you know what, Friday afternoons, I want to do is an amend day. It's going into the weekend, and I just want to set up the following week um, on a Friday, or like you do, is on a Monday, or it might be even the middle of the week after they get that. But they've got to capture the data. Capturing the time is crucial because uh, you make that investment, it'll pay off in spades later on, and it's going to be amazing exercise. So do you have any tools that you recommend in terms of, of tracking your time? Any other, other than using your calendar to sort of you know, analyze the time that you have and blocking out time for, but to actually you know, collect yeah. the, the number of hours that you can start using for financial management? Well, those who use uh, QuickBooks, if you have the desktop version and the professional services edition on the uh, section, they have a time tracking system right in QuickBooks. Um, I think Sage has it as well. I'd have to go back and look. Uh, T-Sheets that just got acquired by QuickBooks was very good. Um, naturally, Bill Quick has also been very good, um, where you, we've set those up for numerous clients and it's worked well. Um, even, uh, I think there's one other one um, in the legal side called Time Slips by Sage. Um, I can, what I'll do is I'll send you uh, a list mark and the, the membership can then kind of go through and say, okay, this is the ones that I want to check out. Some are free, some are paid. But finding one that's just comfortable for their practice will be uh, the most important. Yeah, to make it as easy as possible to use it, however you you want to to do it. Another another tool that I've heard a lot of members be are using uh, is Harvest. Harvest yeah. is, is a is a, is um, it's both desktop based and they have an app. So on a regular basis, if you're out in the field, you know, easy to just click. They have timers that you can just click. I'm starting this task now. Click it again when you're done. It stops. Uh, and a lot of them have that now. A lot of you know have those those timer features. And so, uh, but it's important to find the one that works best for you that you will use on a consistent basis, um, so you can track your time. And then, then do you recommend on a daily basis or twice? A, I know Steve recommends twice a day. Steve Steve Winter says track yep. your time twice a day. Once at lunch. And once at the end of the day, is that what you would recommend as well? Yep, Steve. Well, Steve's be—he's one of the gurus in the industry, and you know he forgets more than I know about the business. <laughs> um, but he is definitely right on. Is usually when you're going for lunch, um, it's the perfect cutoff time or grab it and bite. Um, if you try to leave it once, you know, at the end of the day, um, usually you're tired or you you're like, yeah, I'll do it tomorrow, and then that's that's a slippery slope to losing the data. So yes, Steve Wintner is uh, definitely correct. Twice a day would be ideal. Yeah, and sometimes, I mean, if you wait too long, sometimes you forget what you did, right? And, mm -hmm. and you lose the, the information that you could have uh, that you're tracking. And then one other important piece is when you're tracking um, project time, uh, I would recommend, and you can, talk to this as well, Jerry, is, is tracking whether that project time is chargeable or not chargeable, that, that whether it's direct or indirect, um, because some of it is going to end up on a bill to a client and some of it is actually an expense to your business. And tracking them both is super important um, because you want to know. That's how you're going to end up knowing whether you're profitable or not and whether you're tracking the time that you're working on projects and whether you're going to get paid for that time or not. Absolutely. 
Exactly. Um, you're you're getting into some of the other topics that we also are passionate about, which is project accounting and um, project profitability. Like the Wintner system is phenomenal if you want to get a very all-in to um, you know get a very comprehensive system. There's simpler systems out there that basically just track gross margin, but um, either way the first step is actually capturing time because that activity either will drive a billable um, item so you can, you can charge the client or it's going to trigger an expense that you've got to pay out of your own pocket. And it's all based on the first step, which is time. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'd love to have you come back, Jerry, and talk about project accounting um, and, and get into a little bit more of the details of how to sort of set up your books and understand um, – how to take this time that you're tracking, what to do with it. And so uh, if you're interested, we'll, we'll have you up back for a conversation to talk about that. Absolutely. Um, you guys have, uh, I love what you've been doing, Mark. And, and some of the stuff that you're doing is I'm amazed, like the marketing, uh, getting, uh, building a great practice. My passion is just accounting and time. So if I could do anything to make that little piece of a firm uh, pain-free, um, that would be fantastic. And I'll try to share anything and everything I've learned um, over the years uh, to help. You know, I like small firms making lots of money because yeah, amen. <laughs> and they they do a lot of good for communities. And multinationals don't spend it, but I know the small guys, yeah, I love them. Yeah. I, wish, I wish that every architect was making a million dollars a year. If, if I could do that, yeah, I, that would make me happy. Well, let's do it. Let's get everybody who's listening a million bucks a year. Sounds good to me. We can do it. It's not, it yeah. it's not that hard, really. If you focus on building a business and building, building a profitable financial management system, you can actually do that. And so, oh, yeah. um, even as a sole oh, practitioner. Yeah. And so, uh, yes. so you, just, you just need to start with tracking your time. Think baby steps. I know it's overwhelming. Think baby steps. Just track your time. That's all you need to do today. Just track your time. Once you get into the habit of that, then we'll go to the next step. Track your time today. Let me know on the Facebook group that you're tracking your time and that you're ready to, for the next step. We'll have Jerry come back and we'll talk about what to do in the next step. Sound good? All right. Mark, thank you so much. Uh, you've been awesome. Um, I will definitely uh, do what I can to make sure that the architects can eliminate their accounting and back office problems so they can focus on that million-dollar goal. And you were absolutely right. I've seen... Well, quite a few actually uh, now because of the technology, um, especially the high end who are doing um, in some of the larger markets, but you can do it in the smaller markets as well. They take home is a million dollars. It's, it's, uh, I'm, I'm blown away by it. And I'm like, you want to see the smile on their faces? <laughs> <laughs> That's right. It's pretty amazing. And then the other problem they start asking about is, well, how do I stop paying taxes on this? And I'm like, well, that's a different conversation. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, we'll have you back to talk about that, too. All right. Well, so, Jerry, before we wrap things up here, I want to ask you the question that I ask everybody. So what is one thing that a small firm architect can do today to build a better business for tomorrow? The, the very one thing they can do within the next um, few minutes after they get off this podcast is is recording their time. So this podcast, they could record that as the very first step of saying investing in my business and then start from there. So whenever they uh, started listening to this podcast, to the end of the podcast, book that into either a piece of paper on their calendar or whatever their tracking system is, and then keep on going. That's the very first step they could do that will make a huge 
huge difference in their business. Jerry's website is logiconsolutions.ca. He's up in Canada. Logiconsolutions.ca. We'll have that on the show notes as well. Uh, also active on LinkedIn and Twitter, so you can find him there as uh, Logicon Solutions, right, Jerry? Mm, that's correct. Um, and uh, and just reach out to him. Go to either on social media or go to the website and say hello. Um, connect with him. Ask him questions. He's He is a friend of Entree Architect, so reach out to him. He's there for you. Jerry, this has been a fantastic conversation. I appreciate your time. I appreciate you sharing your knowledge here at Entree Architect Podcast. Mark, thank you so much. If I can do anything else for the organize, for the team and the members, uh, please let me know. But it's been an absolute pleasure. And I love, um, as you can see, my passion. If I, I will continue to do what I can to get more architects financially independent. Sounds great. Thank you. Okay, that was episode 287. The link, entrearchitect.com slash episode 287. Share it with a friend, please. Please do that right now. Really, that's the only thing I ask. This is free every week. I do everything I can to help you become successful. The only thing I ask is for you to share this episode with a friend, entrearchitect.com slash episode 287. Post it on Twitter. Post it on Facebook. Tag me so I know you're doing it. Send them an email. Tap them on the shoulder, whatever you need to do. Let's get the word out there about Entree Architect podcast because that's how we're growing. Thank you very much. And don't forget to register for my free webinar, Planning for Small Firm Architects, and we'll get you ready for 2020. It's time. It's the final trimester of the year. Um, and don't worry if you haven't done your financial management plan and you haven't done your brand story. It's okay because what we can do is we can put together a plan for how to do that in 2020, right? So whatever it is you want to accomplish in 2020, the only way that's going to happen is if you plan and then you execute, you take some action on that plan and you do that in a consistent way with discipline. And we're going to show you how to do that in this webinar. It's free. Just register right now for the free webinar, Planning for Small Firm Architects at entrearchitect.com slash free webinar. Go do that right now. My name is Mark Arla Page and you are listening to Entree Architect Podcast. I want you to build a better business so you can be a better architect. Love, learn, share. Have a great week. I've mentioned it to my family, but in terms of telling people like, oh yeah, we're doing this, I'm looking for projects. You got anything? Yeah. I'm, I'm not there yet because it scares the out of me. Dreaming of launching your own architecture firm? Well, buckle up for a wild ride with Emerging, the podcast that shares what it's really like to start an architecture firm. Where do we begin? We don't even know what type of business to formalize as. Is it an LLC? Is it an LLP? Like, how are taxes? I mean, the list is astronomical. Season one featured founders Jeffrey, Lexi, and Chris owners of Level Studio Architecture are your fearless guides on this unfiltered journey from napkin sketches to a thriving studio. One evening, stumbled into one last dive, we sat at the bar and pondered our postgraduate futures. Amidst the conversation, a napkin became the canvas for our aspirations, sketching plans and milestones, sealing our heartfelt commitment and shared dreams. In drawing down dreams on a napkin collectively, that <laughs> then you know in your head you've rooted like oh i'm connected to these people like long term 
The process of starting an architecture practice brims with excitement and challenges, demanding meticulous planning, flawless execution, and unyielding resilience. I kind of hate the term because it's so overly used, but I think everybody knows imposter syndrome. And I think it's it's so real to this day. I, I, I don't know if it's with everybody, but with me, I'm always questioning like, us? Can we do this? Are we ready to do this? Are we prepared? Can we do it? Did we just decide a name? <laughs> we did it, guys. Oh my One that God. came out of nowhere. Woo! It came out of nowhere. I liked it. I saw it. Ready to turn your aspirations into reality? Follow the link in the show notes to subscribe to Emerging and chart your own path to architectural success. Calling all small firm architects. It's time to tap into your full potential with Entree Architects Context and Clarity, where inspiration meets innovation. Hey, it's Mark Arlapage, founder of Entree Architect, and I'm inviting you to join my two favorite co-hosts, Jeff Eccles and Katie Kangas, as they bring together authors, experts, and thought leaders for electric conversations with entrepreneur architects around the globe. It's not just a podcast, it's a community where dreams meet action. There is a simple equation there. And what for me, what that did, just doing that basic calculation was, it allowed me to compare what I had actually saved in my retirement accounts to what I thought a possible projected annual spend might be. Artists are temperamental, so beautiful design is gonna be a priority. When the job is done, we're gonna actually need to live in the house, not live with the person who designed it. <laughs> so for me, the, the artistic skill, the architectural skill is most important. And so I would say like, that would be 60% of it, if not more. Gain insights to build a successful practice. Subscribe, engage, and let's redefine your future together. Join the Context and Clarity community, where every conversation adds to your blueprint for success.